0: Well, when you think about the Bible and you see that mankind is identified in one or two ways. Now, think about this. You are, biblically-wise, considered one of two ways. You are either in union with Adam or in union with Christ. You're either in Adam, and the Bible says, in Adam all die, or you're in Christ, in Christ all will be made alive. So when you think about it, we're either connected with Adam at the unbelieving world, or we're connected with Jesus Christ as a believer. And all those are in union with Christ, we come by faith, we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. We've been seen. Uh, we're seeing three different relationships. Relationship with Christ, relationship with unbelievers, and relationship with believers. Let me give you the outline for the study so you can remember what we're doing. It's pretty neat. We started last week with an introduction and we got into our relationship with Christ and we talked about the past, how we were dead and trespassed sins, now we're alive. We'll go more of that in a minute. We're going to spend a week or two on The present, that's the plan, serving Christ. And we're going to see what the plan really is at this morning when we talk through that. And then we'll spend a week basically looking on future and dealing with rewards. Now we've talked about this before, and it's important that we grasp and understand rewards, and here's why. Most people are not taught rewards at all. In fact, most people don't even know about rewards. In fact, many people think the reward is salvation. You live good, do the best you can, and God rewards you with salvation we 're going to talk about rewards and rewards have nothing to do with salvation; they have to do with how we serve Him not only now but in the future and so that 's some great things there that then the second big area we 'll look at is our relationship with the world and we 're going to talk about our our message our we 're going to talk about first of all our works how do we live before a fallen world then we 're going to see our words. what do we say? not only our message, but how do we deal with people how do we talk to people and then our testimony, And that's kind of the big overall aspect of uh, what are we like in the midst of, a, as the Bible says, a crooked and perverse generation. The third area is my favorite area, and that's when we talk about relationships within the body, we'll talk about the church, we talk about the plan, but there's three key relationships. I, I think it, most of you have seen, we've talked about this in the past, but everybody needs a Paul, which is a mentor, everybody needs a Barnabas, which is an encourager, and everybody needs a Timothy, that's someone to disciple so if, and in, in your life, we're going to talk about, <clears throat> in these weeks to come, who is it that you look to to be your mentor, so to speak? Who is it that you look to or to be the encourager, the person with you, helping you grow? And, go, and then who is it that you're discipling? And we should, every one of us should have somebody in every one of those three areas. And that's how we can make a difference for Christ. Now, let's talk about, last time, a brief review. We're talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we talked about the past, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, we were dead in trespasses and sins. I mean, that's the bottom line. We were dead. We were separated from God. We lived according to the world, the flesh, the devil. But God, but God, and this is what's so amazing. Have you ever thought about this? Uh, How many of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God? So we need a Savior, right? And the Bible actually says we're destined for wrath, if God doesn't do something, no human being would ever be saved. No human being would ever have eternal life. It says, but God, because he was rich in grace and mercy. Grace, not getting, uh, getting what you do not deserve. Mercy, not getting what you do deserve. God saves us. Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross. He paid for sin. He rose again, and whoever believes in him has eternal life. We talked about this at Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is, I love it. Grace, faith, gift, salvation. That's what it boils down to. By grace you've been saved through faith and now it is just the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And the whole idea is that salvation is a gift. And that's that's the greatest thing. We were changed. In the past, we were dead. And now we're talking about the present. And by faith in Christ, we are now placed in Christ and a new creation. I think this is something we really need to think about. You're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want you to look at verse 17. We've seen it many, many times, but it's an incredible verse. Look what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what are we? A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things are come. Now, when you see that verse and you think about it, notice there's several things. First of all, in Christ and new creation. And then he goes on to say, "Old things are gone; new things are come." So we want to think about that when we think about who we are right now. There's two aspects: we are in Christ. If therefore, if any man be in Christ, we're in union with Him, and we're a new creation. We're new people. Death. I don't know what Old Testament there. We are new people. Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but I, I I think I messed up on that one. But anyway, we're a new creation, and that's the bottom line. Uh, we went from death to life. So let's talk about those two things real quickly. And the first one is we're in Christ. We're in union with Christ. This is the thing that a lot of people do not grasp. You understand that this is going to sound weird, but there is Jesus Christ, and he is a person. And he came to the earth as, as a human being. He left the glories of heaven and became a person, a human being, but he's God-man. He died on the cross. He paid for sins. He rose again. He walked on the earth for 40 days and ascended into heaven. In some mystical way that you cannot grasp, he is also called, Christ is also called the church or the body of Christ is called the church. When you believe in him, you are actually connected in union with Jesus Christ. And this is what he says, that we are in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, let me ask you a question. Where is Christ right now? Where? Where is he? Seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Where are you right now? In position, you're in Christ, seated in the heavenly places with Christ. Now, experientially, you're still here. But in your union, you are in union with Christ. That's why when we do baptism. When we baptize somebody, we take them in the water and we break them down and bring them up. It's symbolic of death. And resurrection. When you read Romans chapter 6, Paul says, We were baptized into his death. We were baptized into his burial. We're baptized into his resurrection, meaning we're connected in union with his death and resurrection. That's who we are. So, every one of us in this room who know Christ as Savior, you are in union with Jesus Christ. And by the way, it'll never change. You can always be connected with him. There's a second aspect, and that is that we're a new creation. We are changed. And look at this. I put this, and we've talked about it. We were dead. Were we not dead in trespasses and sins? But now we're what? We're now alive in Christ. We were in darkness. We were basically in darkness, but now we're in light. In fact, uh, Paul in Philippians calls us children of light. That's who we are. And we were children of Satan. That's, that's the truth. But now we're children of God. Uh, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. So what a change. We have been reconciled to God. We were enemies of God. Now we're connected with him. So we have, we're in union with him, and the whole idea is we're a new person. Uh, we need to be thankful that we're new people because the old Oh, would isn't very good, right? I mean, let's face it, right? So we're just so thankful that we're now a new creation in Christ. We were dead, but now we're alive. We're brought into a relationship with him. We're a child of God. Now, let me tell you something that a lot of people don't grasp, but we got to get it. When you think about salvation and the relationship with Christ, we don't come to God by giving God something He gives us something. Let me put this up here. We don't give God something. He gives us something. You know, a lot of people, you may not understand this, but I had people say, you need to make a commitment to Christ. You need to do this for Christ. You need to be willing to live for Christ. You need to offer your life. They're all saying you come to God for salvation by giving God something, whether it's your life or or your... But we don't give something to God. We don't have anything to offer Him. We're dead in trespasses and sins. We don't have anything to offer. And so what he does, he gives us something. Let me show you something, if you've never seen this. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, not only you become a new creation, not only you're placed in union with Christ, but he gives us three things the moment you trust Christ. You know what he gives us? He gives us eternal life, right? It's by faith. God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, that whosoever does what? Believes in him will not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. There's a second thing. You are unrighteous, all right? Were you dead in trespasses and sins? Were you destined for wrath? Were you righteous in your own self? No. No. What does he do? The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, he gives you his righteousness. Romans 4, 5, but the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for righteousness. That means on my account, the moment I believed in Jesus, Jesus puts his righteousness. So let me ask you a question. How does God see me? Unrighteous or righteous? He sees me perfectly righteous. In fact, my righteousness is equal with Christ because he gave me his righteousness. Now, that's why when you talk about how you view yourself since you're in Christ in your new creation and since you have the righteousness of Christ, do you view yourself as a wicked old sinner or a righteous new creation in Christ? Righteous new creation in Christ. The third thing He gives us, and we talked about this when we did those two part study on Sunday morning on forgiveness. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, Acts thirteen thirty eight and Acts uh, uh, I can't remember the other 43, The moment you believe in Christ, He gives us His forgiveness. He forgives us of everything, past, present, and future, all sin. Forgiveness. So the moment you believe, you don't give God something. He gives you life. He gives you righteousness, and he gives you forgiveness. This is is amazing. We ought to be jumping up and down. I mean, really, if you grasp what we're talking about, we were dead, we're destined for wrath, but God in his rich mercy and grace says, I'm going to save you. When you trust in me, I'm putting you in Christ. I am making you a new person. I'm giving you eternal life. I'm giving you my righteousness, and I forgive you of everything that's ever been done, past, present, or future. So if you sin tomorrow, guess what? It's already forgiven in your relationship with Christ. Is that the most amazing thing you've ever seen? Are we pretty glad we got a Savior? I mean, this is the greatest thing it could ever be. So with that in mind, since we're talking about our relationship with Christ, there there's a plan. We, we have a relationship with him. What are we supposed to do? Well, there's a plan. And so the question is, what is the plan? And the plan simply put is three words, to know, to grow, and to serve. And we're going to see that, and it's going to tie in. And let me give you these things real quickly. Let me look at the time. Okay. Uh, the plan is to know him, to grow to be like him, and to serve God and others. Now, to know him, to grow to be like him, to serve God, those all tie it together in the present. We told you there's a past. We were dead and trespassed sins. There's a present to know, to grow, and to serve. There's going to be a future. We'll see that in a couple of weeks. What's the plan? It has to do with rewards. So let's talk about knowing him. Let me ask you a question. If somebody said, do you know God? I could say, yes and no. I know him as my savior, okay? Because I trusted in him as my savior. But as Paul says in Philippians, he says, here's my goal, that I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. He's not talking about salvation knowing Him. He's talking about Christian life knowing Him. One of the things we want to do is to know Him. And that to know Him is to, to to. and look at this. This is Philippians 3.10. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being conformed to His death. Let me tell you something that is really hard to grasp. To know Christ in the Christian life. We're not talking about salvation. The moment you understood he died for you and paid for your sins, rose again, and that he'll give you eternal life and you trusted in him, you know him as Savior. We're talking about Christian life, knowing him. And Paul says, I want to know him. Now, this is Paul. And this is when he's in prison in Rome, and that's in about 60 to 62 A.D. And Paul's been a Christian at least since about 33 to 34 A.D. So this is 30 years into Paul's Christian life. And what does he say? I really want to know him. Right? So think about this. Now look what he says. What, do you, what does he want? I want to know him and what? The power of his what? Listen, Jesus died and rose again to a new life. We're connected with him. When we trusted Christ, we died and rose again to what? What? to a new life. He says, I want to know the power of a resurrected life. I want to know how to live as a person who's died and rose with Christ, and I have His power, His resurrection power, that I might live in this world in a godly way. You ever thought about that? That's what that verse says. And so, we are supposed to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We're supposed to to, to understand. But look at the second thing. I want to know the power of his resurrection and the what? The word fellowship means sharing. This is the Greek word koinonia. It has nothing to do with eating, okay? This has to do with connection. This has to do, and that's why, and the fellowship of his what? He says, Paul says, I want to know and share in his suffering. How many want that? How many would like to share in the sufferings of Christ? Uh, I'm going, I I don't want to do that. But that's what he says. You want to live for Christ in a fallen world, what should you expect? Suffering. Suffering. Yeah, exactly. You stand for Jesus Christ, what should you expect? When you stand up and say there's only one way to God, it is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. Salvation is a gift. It is not by works. It's not by what we do. It is faith alone and Christ alone. And we're saved and saved forever. There are going to be a lot of people attack you, not only unbelievers, but Believers. Because many believers don't believe what I just said. And so Paul says, I want to know him. Not only do I want to know the power that's resurrected life, I want to know the fellowship that's connected with his suffering. And I want to be conformed to his death. I want to die and rise again with Christ and live in that way. So that's to know him. And you know, as Paul says, or as Peter says, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to know him. We want to grow. So one of the first things we got to do is we got to know Him. Now this is hard. This is not easy. You say, "Well, I know. I know God. I know Jesus. I, I trusted Him a savior." We're not talking about knowing Him a savior. We're talking about knowing Him day in and day out, knowing the power of a resurrected life. You can just write this down. We don't have to even look at it now. But go to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six is one of the most Powerful passages in the New Testament dealing with resurrected life, dealing with dying and rising again with Christ to a new life. Romans chapter 6. Just read it sometime. It's, it's amazing. Okay, the second thing was to grow, to, to, to grow, to be like Him. Not only to know Him, but to be like Him. Romans 8, 29 says we're to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Isn't that the plan? Conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. How are we doing so far? I'm not doing very good. <laughs> Jesus says, you're not looking anything like me. <laughs> right? So what the plan is to be like Christ, to be conformed to the image of Christ, to grow in the race and knowledge of Christ, to be conformed. Listen to this verse. Uh, I love it because it's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But listen to this. But we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. How do we see? Let me ask you a question. How do we see the glory of the Lord? How do you see the glory of the Lord? Look at what Paul says. But we with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. Where Where do you see the glory of God? We're not talking about creation, because we all know that, you know, creation. He's revealed himself through his creation. Where do you see the glory of God? The Word of God, right? The Word of God. That's as we study the Bible, we're transformed from glory into glory. It it says, uh, i beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you know, it says, and stop being conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Through the Word of God. Listen, you want to be like Christ? You're going to have to know the Bible because the more you see Jesus in the Word of God and the more you see the truths and principles, you're going to be changed. You're going to be changed. That's what it boils down to. So we see to know him, to be like him. And i got one more, and this is the one that we're going to get into next week, and that is to serve him to serve God and others. I put four verses here just for you to look at. Romans 12, 1, I just quoted it. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living and holy sacrifices to God, which it basically is, which is a sexual service of worship. But we're supposed to say to God, I want to live for you. I want my life to count for you. I don't, want to, I don't want to be conformed to the world. I want to be transformed by the word of God. We're supposed to serve him, right? Are we supposed to serve him? Luke 4, verse 8, you know, it says, love the Lord and serve him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what? Keep my, what? Commandments, you'll obey him. And he says, I want you to live for me. I want you to serve me. I want you to live for me. Colossians 3, 24, it says, it is the Lord Christ that we serve. And last but not least... Way over there, Revelation 22 verse 3. You know what it says? It says when you get into the eternal state and there's the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, everything. What does he say we'll be doing? We're going to be serving him forever. So next week when we come back, we've already seen to know him, to become like him. Next week we're going to get into the whole idea of serving and that's still in our relationship with Christ. It's going to take, us I'll just tell you, it's, taken four, it's going to take four weeks to go through this first relationship with Christ. We saw one last week, one this week, one next week, and then one after that. And we'll do that. Then we'll start talking about relationship with the, with the unbelievers. Let's talk about applications. Let's understand who we are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? New crea- you're a new creation in Christ. You're now connected in union in Christ. What is he given you? He's given you eternal life. He has given you what? Righteousness. He has given you forgiveness. Exactly right. That's who you are. You are the most unique group that's really ever been. And here's why. All of the people from Adam and Eve to Noah to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph to David to Daniel. All of those people who believed became new creations They were new creations. They weren't in Christ because there wasn't the church. And they didn't have on a permanent basis the Holy Spirit who every one of us in this room who know Christ have. God has taken a group of believers, Jewish and Gentile, and when they trust in Christ, he makes them a new creation, he places them in Christ, he gives them the Holy Spirit, he gives them his righteousness, he forgives all sins, past, present, and future, and he gives eternal life. There's never been a group like the church, the body of Christ. So we're the most unique group God has ever dealt with. Now he still has his Jewish people. That's that's, the whole plan has worked out to the Jewish people because the Messiah is Jewish. Uh, Everything from uh, the promise from Adam and Eve goes all the way through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, on into Christ. Christ is the Messiah. He is the seed of the woman who crushes the head of the serpent. The Jewish people are God's chosen people not for salvation. Each Jewish person must trust in the Messiah, the Savior, individually just as we do but they are his chosen people with a plan that he is working out in this world. We are unique with the church, the body of Christ. So understand this, understand who we are. Second one, let's understand the plan. And we're talking about in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we are to know him, know his power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, that we're gonna be grow, to grow like him, to be conformed to the image. And as we'll see next week, to serve God and others.